Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. So today we're going to talk about a subject that can make people cringe and that's networking. And we're doing a particular focus on networking for introverts. I've got the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mark Hershberg today for his insight on this topic. And Mark wrote a book called The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. Mark, very pleased to meet you. Uh, Do you want to give me an overview of your background and what you do? Because I've been reading about you and uh, wow, what a background. Thanks for having me on the show today. And thank you for that lovely compliment. Uh, I'll give a brief background relevant to what we're talking about today. I came out of MIT in the 1990s with a couple degrees in computer science and physics. And I started my career as a software engineer. I realized early on I wanted to become a CTO, a chief technology officer. But the skills needed to be a successful CTO are very different than what I was taught in school. Yes, I need to understand engineering. Okay, I knew that. But the CTO isn't simply the best software engineer, just like the VP of sales isn't necessarily the best seller or the accountant, the best person at doing accounting. There are all these other skills we need leadership, communication, strong networks, learning to negotiate, team building, and no one ever taught us this in school. So I had to develop these skills in myself. I realized these skills are helpful not just for people at the executive level, but all of us can benefit from it starting from the first day of our career. So I wanted to develop these skills in the people I hired because they weren't taught it either. So I created some training programs for my team. Uh And around the same time, MIT had started getting feedback from corporate America saying, we want to see these skills in people broadly. And this, by the way, is not just for MIT students. Uh, Similar types of surveys have been given and feedback given to universities all across the US, I suspect in the UK and Europe as well, where companies say, these are the skills we want, but it's not being taught. So at MIT, they were working on a program to teach them. I heard about this, reached out, offered my help in creating it. And not only did they ask for my help creating it, they said, please come help us teach it. So I've now been teaching these skills at MIT for the past 20 years. And as you mentioned, just wrote the book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success that No One Taught You. Fantastic. Right. So you're kind of going basically with your own experience of needing to develop these skills in order to get into your CTO role and then realizing that actually people around me don't have these skills either. There is a need for people to develop these skills. And now I've learned this, I can pass it on to others. Exactly. For historical reasons, they're not taught at the high school or university level, which unfortunately is a mistake. But I want to help as many people as possible. The good news is I've got 20 years of teaching this to students. It's battle-tested material. We know (laughs) it works. And now I want to help others with it. Brilliant. Good. Well, today we're, of course, looking at networking for introverts. And I wanted to talk to you about this, Mark, because it can create, I think, anxiety in the workplace, particularly for introverts. Um, And extroversion and introversion is, is kind of on this scale, isn't it? Each one of us is going to be on a different position on that scale. But we know that 
introverts get their energy from being with small groups of people they know um, and from being in one-to-one situations with others. I, I know I certainly fall into that category. Um, and they also tend to be reflective, you know, needing time to consider decisions and responses. And I, none of these traits really make it very easy for an introvert to talk to strangers at a networking event. So how can an introvert put themselves at ease in a networking situation? And I'll mention, I happen to be an extrovert introvert. Okay. I am extrovert and outgoing, but I get the same thing. As much as at certain times I like groups of people, it is draining for me. In fact, when I have large gatherings at my house, so I've been doing a Halloween party for well over two decades. I do some other large parties where I'll get 60 some people in my home. It's draining. At a certain point, I might sneak out of my own apartment and go down and just chat with the doorman a bit or go hide in the corner because, oh, it is draining. So let's look at how we can, as introverts, still network. And in my book, each of the chapters has a different topic. In the chapter, I do a mental shift. I teach you how to approach things differently. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about how you can actually execute on that. So here is the big mental shift when it comes to networking. Our model of networking comes from probably that salesperson at your company who's super extroverted and she goes out into the room and comes back 20 minutes later with a dozen business cards and you say, how did you do that? Uh And that's what we think of as networking. That is not networking. That's one tiny part of networking. Networking is about building relationships. That's really what it is. It's someone you can turn to. Mm-hmm. Now, think about if you need something, if you need to borrow money, or if you need to have someone help you pack up your apartment and move, who is it you're going to ask for help? Is it someone you met last week? Or is it someone you've known for 10 years? Of course, right? yeah. It's the latter, and it's because you've built a deeper, more solid relationship. Uh-huh. Now, all of us know how to build relationships the key that meeting someone, getting the business card, that's one step. And then you have to spend all the time building the relationship. As introverts, it takes just as much time for us to build the relationship as it does for the extrovert. The only thing the extroverts do where they might be a little better or faster than we are is that initial collecting business cards. So if you're at a big event, you can say, look, I'm not going to go out and meet 20 people. I'm going to try to meet one or two, I'm going to meet them in a small one-on-one setting. Or you just say, forget, I'm not, I'm not comfortable in this environment. I'm not meeting people there. You're going to meet people in a different type of environment. But once you have met someone, once you get the business card, once you've shook hands, then you're building relationships and you can build a relationship one-on-one, right? You build that relationship when you meet for coffee, you build that relationship when you reach out by email or have a phone call. So don't think of networking as I have to go to some large event and collect lots of business cards. Think about it as just building a relationship, focus on one person at a time. And that's something that's a lot less overwhelming. Absolutely. So how would you uh, encourage people to, to build their network? Is, is there anything particular that an introvert could do, do you think? So they're, they're taking it one person at a time and they don't necessarily need to go to an event. Is there anything else that they could do to build their network? 
you want to keep in touch with this person to help build that network. I think about networking in terms of wall time and clock time, mm -hmm. right? Wall time or calendar time versus clock time. What do I mean by that? There are people who maybe you met this person once two years ago, and then you ran into them again last year. And so by now you've known this person for two years, but you've really only spent a handful of time together. So you have a lot of wall time or calendar time, logged, uh -huh. but you really don't know the person well. Yeah. Conversely, there might be someone, maybe even like a coworker, you meet this person and a month later, you're working closely on a project together. You've only known each other a month, but you've been spending four or five hours a day side by side for a month. That's not a lot of calendar time, but it's a lot of clock time. Yes. Right? You get to know a person well. For most of our relationships, it's a combination of clock time and calendar time. The clock time is just how we get to know each other, right? The more time we spend together, the more we learn about each other. But that wall time or calendar time, that's where we see over the long term, you never know, someone might seem great when you first meet them and then something happens. So, oh, wow, I never would have expected you to behave this way. Uh -huh. And that level of trust, because that's what this is all about, it's trusting someone's behavior, trusting how they're going to act. That level of trust really comes over time where you say, yeah, I've known this person for years. He would never behave this way or I know he's always going to behave that way. And so you have that comfort or trust. So when you meet these folks and you engage with uh, people you're trying to get into your network, just remember it's going to take time and that's fine. Rome wasn't built in a day and focus on for some, it might be more calendar time for others. It might be more clock time. That's just whatever is appropriate for that relationship. Right. But the important thing is that you need a bit of both. You need the time to get to know each other, uh, the clock time, and you need the calendar time, which is the sort of longevity of the relationship to really understand how the person ticks and and understand what their normal behaviours are and to know that you can trust them, yeah? Exactly. Uh -huh, and yeah. We, can, we can think about it grows over time. If you need to, I, I don't always like to use money as an example with networking, but just illustrates it very easily. If you need to borrow 50 quid from someone, okay, this could be someone you've known a couple months. Okay, you know, 50 quid, I'll see you next week. If you're trying to borrow, you know, 5,000 pounds, that's not someone who you've only known for maybe two months. That's someone you've known much longer. Absolutely. So, over time, that trust builds. It's not simply in monetary terms, but that lets illustrate it. So just recognize there's levels of trust that will increase over time. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so um, who should people include in their network, Mark? A common mistake is to think, well, I work in healthcare, so I just need to meet other healthcare people. Or I work in IT, so I only need IT people. Do not limit yourself just to people in your field. Mm -hmm. You want to build a broad network. Now, certainly do meet people in your field because they are the ones most likely to have knowledge, connections, and opportunities you need, but go broad. First, it's just going to expand your overall set of knowledge. You never know where you're meeting someone in a totally different field. And it just turns out this person is fascinating and you learn something new. But then you also want to recognize that 
as you meet people in other fields, they add a certain level of diversity. So the example I use in my book, I went to MIT and I know a whole bunch of people from MIT in the 90s. If I add one other person to my network from MIT in the 90s, chances are that person isn't bringing a lot of diversity because they're connected to all these other MIT folks that I'm really already connected to. Sure. On the other hand, just last night, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a minister. Now it turns out MIT, we don't produce a lot of ministers. No surprise <laughs> there. Right? I don't know a lot of clergy in general and certainly not from MIT, but I met this guy. He went to Yale Divinity School. Now he knows hundreds of clergy. He went to school with them. He goes to talks with them. He's in the church with them. He knows far more clergy than I will probably ever meet. If I ever need access to clergy, he's the guy I can turn to, and he can introduce me to all sorts of clergy that I otherwise never would have met or had access to. Mm -hmm. Likewise, not a lot of IT folks, not a lot of tech startup folks at Yale Divinity School. And I bring <laughs> that diversity to him. So as we build our networks, Think about people from very different fields because they're going to expand your network and bring a level of diversity you don't otherwise get just by focusing on your own discipline. Absolutely. I've actually really woken up to that very recently um, because I've joined an online networking group that allows you to connect with people who have, it might be similar interests or it might be different interests, but you can look at their goals and comparing them with your own goals for networking and decide whether you want to meet them or not. And then it sets up a meeting for you where you can meet online just as, as we are just now. And the great thing about it is, is that I'm able to meet people who are not necessarily in my industry. And I've got so sucked into, you know, I'm a sole trader. I have to do everything myself from home. I'm currently developing an app and I've got sucked into this. And taking my eye off the fact that actually it's really important to nurture wider connections, you know, and I am, I'm quite a details person. And what I'm reminding myself of is the need to make those connections and, and look bigger picture, you know, and that's what networking is all about. Absolutely. Um, so it's really interesting to speak to people in, in different industries. So Mark, I was looking at your app this morning, actually, you've got a career toolkit app. Uh, that's available on the App Store and on Google Play as well. Um, can you tell me a bit about what that offers those who want to develop their networking skills? When I was looking at creating this book, I thought about what are ways that I can make this more valuable to people. And now the book has lots of great tips, but whenever you read a book, you say, okay, great book, really interesting points, and then you forget four weeks later. Right? And that's not helpful to you. <laughs> I am not in the business of just trying to get you to buy dead trees. I am in the business of trying to help you, yes, help you yes. be more effective. So I wanted to make the content more effective. With the app, you can download it. It's free on both the Apple and Android stores. There's two ways to use the app. The first, you don't even have to open it. It just eats, each day will pop up a daily reminder. So if you went through the book with a highlighter, and you put the highlighter to, here's a good tip, here's a good point, that's what's gonna pop up on your phone each day. So it helps you recall, right? This is no space repetition. Mm -hmm. It's a well-proven method for retaining information. Absolutely. The, 
the other way you can use it, if you're about to go to a networking event, probably you're not going to be carrying my book under your arm. You're not going to say, oh, wait, before I walked in the room, let me just flip to the networking chapter and go through and reread this. So that's where the app comes in. Right before you walk into that room, pull out the app, open it up, go to the networking section. Everything's categorized by the different categories and, and chapters. So the leadership yes. chapter, the networking chapter, open up the networking tips and just flip through them. It's kind of like one of the dating apps where you can just swipe through the different tips <laughs> and just flip through them and get that crash course, get that reminder about what are some of the things you can do. And now you can walk into the room refreshed with all these tips right before you have to actually apply them. I love that. Yeah, just a little quick burst to remind you before you go into that setting. Yeah, particularly if you're feeling nervous, you know, just to help calm the nerves a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mark, you, you talk about uh, the power of introductions. Can you tell me a bit about that? When we build our networks and we want to build relationships with build relationships with folks, I really think of it karmically. I don't think about, oh, I want to meet you because I think you can help me. When I meet you, I think, how can I help you? What can I do to be helpful? Right? Let's talk about things. Let's learn from each other. And how can I be helpful to you? And the more you give, the more you try to help other people, typically the more that comes back to you. Not always. Some people are users. But that's sure, how I think sure. about networking. Now, the great thing about introductions is that it is a very simple but powerful act of giving. So let's take the case, someone is looking for a job, someone is trying to hire for a job. Now, both these people, it takes a lot of time. We've all looked for jobs. No, you send out lots of resumes. It's tiring. It takes forever. You get anxious about, oh, I'm never going to find anything. Oh, yeah. And if you've done hiring, you know, same thing, this is taking forever. I have all these interviews with candidates, none of them are good. So now imagine, you know, two people and you think they would be a match. This candidate would be great for this person's role. So you just send a simple email introducing them or you introduce them at some event. Obviously it depends on the context, but you connect two people. That takes you all of two minutes to do. But when you do so, think about what happened. This person says, oh my God, what a great friend you are. What a great connection. You got me a job. How grateful am I to you? The hiring manager says, I appreciate you so much. You found me a great candidate. Two people feel you've given them something and all you really did was take a couple minutes of your time. Now, yes, you gave them both a fantastic opportunity, but only took a few minutes. The ROI in terms of their appreciation for your effort is massive for just about any introduction you can make. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a small thing to do, but a big payoff for the, the people around you. Yeah. So what would you recommend in terms of how people should introduce uh, other people to their network? Unfortunately, a lot of people make the mistake of just saying, we'll do an email example. They'll say, oh, Bob, Alice, you guys should meet. Like. <laughs> Okay, so I get this email and you're thinking, okay, who, why? Like, I guess I will because I trust you to say, you know, this person's worth my time, but it's not a lot of context. When you do an introduction, what you want to do is in that email, you want to say, Bob, you should meet Alice because Alice does ABC. 
and I know that's something relevant to you. Alice, you should meet Bob because Bob is working with XYZ and this is why it's relevant to you. And mm -hmm. so you give each person a context for why the other person is relevant. And then you say in the email, who should take the next step? Because way too often I have seen cases where there's an introduction and both people are thinking, oh, well, the other person will send an email when they're ready. So I always say, Bob, why don't you reach out to Alice putting some time on the calendar or vice versa? And so you want to just be very, very direct with that introduction. I will also in many, not all cases, but in many cases, I'll first reach out to Bob and Alice individually and say, would you like to meet this other person? Uh-huh. Because now when they've said yes, they've committed to it. Now they can't back out. Now you don't get that awkward. I did the introduction and one person didn't respond. Because right. I felt that social commitment to me if I promised I would meet this person. Uh -huh. And so that ensures that the connection will happen. Right. Wonderful. I, do you know, I hadn't even thought in terms of that. I made an introduction just the other day and I did give them both some context. But I hadn't thought in terms of actually approaching them first and saying, would you like to... Well, I had with one because we'd already had a, a conversation recently. The other person, though, I hadn't approached them. So, yeah, that's a really good tip. Thank you. And it will depend a bit on context. If you're just passing along a resume, it might just be, here, here's a resume and you're CCing the person. And you know, generally, that resume will be looked at. But particularly if there's one person who's a lot more senior another person more junior. So this might be common. I recently passed along someone uh, relatively young in his 20s to a woman who's got 30 some years of experience uh, in HR. She's been an executive. And so instead of just saying, oh, I hope you two connect, I reached out to her and said, do you have time? Is it okay to connect you to this person? I think you'd be a real help to him. I think he'd be an interesting person for you to meet. And she said, yes. So this way I wasn't wasting her time because she might have said, no, I'm too busy or that's not someone I can really invest time with today. So especially when there's an asymmetry, it also makes sense to do that check. Yeah, and, and it's respectful of the person's time and circumstances, isn't it, by checking in with them first? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, Mark, it's been great to get your expertise on this today. I've really appreciated it. I particularly um, liked what you were saying about the diversity that comes when you network with other people from other industries, you know, and the importance of building the relationship over time. Um, and absolutely, that that's the way that trust develops from just those repeated interactions that take place over a, over a period of time. So uh, listen, before we head off, um, can you tell us where we can find you, please? You can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. On the website, you can learn more about the book, including where to buy it, all the places you'd expect. Uh -huh. You can also get in touch with me. You can download the free app from Apple or Android stores. It's linked from the website. There's a full resources page with links to other free online resources, great other books that you can find helpful, including some books on networking and other resources. And then of course you can uh, just learn more about me and what I cover in the book. And all of that is on the website at thecareertoolkitbook.com. 
Thanks very much, Mark. It, it's a really good website, actually. And I was looking at some of the resources today, um, you know, like the, the links to Myers-Briggs and, you know, those sort of uh, ways of kind of categorizing personality, which I find really interesting. It's quite a collection you've got there. Thank um, you. So listen, Mark, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, talk us through networking for introverts. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, to seeing what happens with you next. Maybe, I don't know, another book or <laughs> something like that. I'm looking at a few other potential books uh, as a second act. Oh, brilliant. Good stuff. Well, listen, you take care and thanks very much for your time today, Mark. Thanks for having me on. No problem. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.